my beloved brethren. In this life, people seek for all kinds of treasures. Many things are being considered as a treasure. It all depends on what you as an individual value the most. Some value gold, others silver, some value diamonds, and the list can go on and on. Most people value having plenty of money as their most valuable asset. However, can money be considered as a true valuable asset? And what is the danger and consequences of making money our number one priority in life? In this lesson, we are going to learn what the Bible and our Lord Yahusha teaches us about true treasures. Our first question for today is, what did our Lord Yahusha teach us about money? The answer to this question we can find in the book of Matthew, chapter six, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both Yahuwah and money. So what did our Lord Yahusha teach us about money? Our Lord Yahusha taught us that money should not be served. Does this mean that we do not need money? We do need money. However, money must not become our master. Money is useful as a servant, but it is destructive as a master. Who are those who make money their master? Those who devote their life in making money will end up making money their master. Money will become the topmost priority in their life. And why shouldn't we consider money? as our number one priority. We shouldn't consider money as our number one priority because we cannot serve both Yahuwah and money. Why? Because no one can serve two masters. What, the, what is the consequences of serving two masters? You will hate one and love the other. And what else? You will be devoted to one and despise the other. So who are those who are devoted to money? The answer is found in the first book of Timothy chapter six, verse nine down to 10. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money 
have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So who are those who are devoted to money? Those who are devoted to money are those who love money. What is the warning for those who love money? The warning for those who love money is that money is the root of all kinds of evil. What else can happen to them? They can be trapped in foolish and harmful desires while falling into temptation. What will, what will craving for money bring? Craving for money will bring ruin and destruction. What has happened to many people because of their love for money? Many people because of the love for money have lost their health, their children, their spouse, and some even their faith. And what's the result of wandering from the true faith? The result of wandering from the true faith is that they end up piercing themselves with many sorrows. What else did Yahusha teach us about money? In the book of Matthew chapter six, verse 19, we can read, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves, break in and steal. So what else did Yahusha teach us about money? Yahusha taught us that we shouldn't store up treasures on earth. What must we understand about treasures on earth? Treasures on earth are not permanent. Why? Because the treasures we accumulate on earth can be stolen. What will happen to all material things? All material things will be destroyed in due time. Moths can eat them, moths can eat them up, and rust can destroy them. Does this mean that we should not work hard to earn money? We find the answer in the book of Proverbs chapter six. Verse six down to eight. Go to the ant, you slugger. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Does it mean that we should not work hard to earn a living, to earn the money? No, in contrary to that, we should work hard and also learn from the ant. What can we learn from the ant? The ant does not have a commander and we can learn from its initiatives. What else? The ant is a hard worker and not a sluggard. We should work hard to earn a living. We must take care of our family. What else can we learn from the ant? The ant work hard 
and stores its provisions. So we also need to learn how to save for the future. What must we remember as we work for our living and save a portion of what we earn? In the book of Matthew chapter six, verse 20 down to 21, it is written, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So what must we remember as we work for our living and save a portion of what we earn? While working for a living and saving, we must also remember to store treasures in heaven. What is the blessing of storing treasures in heaven? The treasures we store in heaven cannot be stolen and cannot decay. Treasures in heaven are safe and secure. They are true treasures because they will last forever. Why is that? Because in heaven, thieves, moths, and rust cannot destroy our treasures. How can we store treasures in heaven? The answer to this question we can find in the first book of Timothy chapter six, verse 17 down to 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in Yahuwah, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. How can we store treasures in heaven? We can store treasures in heaven by our good deeds in this life. What are these good deeds? These good deeds are being generous and willing to share. What will be accomplished when we do this? We will lay up treasures as a firm foundation for us in the coming age. Where would this foundation be? This foundation will be in the heavenly kingdom. And what will happen to us? We will take hold of the life that is truly life forever. However, what are we warned not to do? We are warned not to be arrogant, neither to put our hope in wealth. Why? Because hope in wealth is uncertain. In whom should we put our hope? We should put our hope in Yahuwah. 
What's the benefit of putting our hope in Yahuwah? Yahuwah will richly provide us with everything for our enjoyment. My brethren, I thank you for listening. And the remaining part of this lesson will be brought to you by our brother John. Thank you for listening. My beloved brothers and sisters in the faith, a truly wise person prepares for the future. This is why it's good, for example, to prepare for college, perhaps preparing for marriage, preparing to have children, preparing for retirement, so on and so forth. And there are many people who do exactly that. But the question is, are we also preparing for the time when the end will come? Because we need to keep in mind that our life here on earth is not an end in itself. It is a means to the life that is to come. You see, the true life is not right now. The true life is the one that is to come when Yahusha returns. Are we truly rich when that day comes? Are we truly wealthy in the kingdom of heaven? Well, how can we know? Who are those who will be truly rich on the day when Yahusha returns? Let's continue our studies in the book of Luke, chapter 16, 9 to 11. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Who are those who will be truly rich in heaven? They are those who can be trusted with the riches of heaven. You see, if we cannot be trusted with the riches of heaven, then why are we going to be given riches in heaven in the first place? Well, who are the ones who will be trusted with the riches of heaven? Our King Yahusha says, they are the ones who are trustworthy about worldly wealth. You see, there's something we need to understand about the wealth that we have now, what is called worldly wealth. What is that? Everything we own really comes from who? Our King Yahuwah and Yahushua. There's nothing that we have that doesn't come from them. We are only managers. We are only stewards of our worldly wealth. The question then is, how well are we managing our wealth? Are we trustworthy or are we untrustworthy? Who are examples of those who are untrustworthy when it comes to managing their worldly riches or wealth? Well, they use their wealth to do things which are against the will of Abba. They, for example, waste their money. That is not a good way to manage worldly wealth. Well, who are those who are trustworthy when it comes to managing their worldly wealth? Well, they learn to save for emergencies. Maybe they save for their children's college. They save for a better future, maybe to provide shelter and provide for the needs of their family. They are trustworthy when it comes to using their earthly riches. However, what is the best use of one's worldly wealth? When we use our worldly resources to benefit others and to make 
friends. This is why, while we still have the opportunity, let us use our worldly wealth to make sure that people can know about the gift of salvation. They are the ones who can be trusted with riches of heaven. How else can we store up treasures in heaven? Let's read the book of Matthew 16, 25 to 27. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it, will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what he has done. How else can we store up treasures in heaven? By doing the things that will result in the reward to be given to us by our King Yahushua. Brethren, do you believe? Our King Yahusha is coming back soon. We should believe that because when we look with our eyes, when we check what is happening throughout the world, one thing is certain we are being fast forwarded to that day when our King Yahusha will return. What did King Yahusha say? He will do when he returns. If you read the book of Revelation towards the end, our King says, I am coming back. And I bring my rewards with me to give to those according to their works. This is why those who are truly rich in heaven are the ones who are rich in good works done in the name of our king, Yahushua. And so what should we be prepared to do so that we can receive these riches in heaven? We need to be willing and able to make sacrifices for the sake of our king, Yahushua. Are we willing to do that? You know, when you think about it, to make a sacrifice, because when you think of a sacrifice, you give up something, right? Maybe you give up your time. Maybe you give up some of your resources. Maybe you give up your energy. Maybe you give up your strength. And so a sacrifice is about giving something up for the sake of our king, Yahushua. When you think about it, when we make sacrifices for our king, Yahushua, and we get in return, rewards in heaven. Is that a good bargain? What is your answer? I think that's a pretty good bargain, isn't it? You know, the Bible is filled with examples of bad bargains. What's an example of a bad bargain? Esau sold his birthright for a single meal. Is that a bad bargain? It's pretty bad, right? What's another example of a bad bargain? Well, Judas sold Yahusha for 30 pieces of silver. Is that a bad bargain? Yeah, you know what's another bad bargain? It's what our King Yahusha mentions here. When a person gives up his soul so that he can gain the whole world. Is that a good bargain or a bad bargain? It's a pretty bad bargain. But what's the best bargain of all? The Bible says when you lose your life for the sake of our King Yahusha. That's the best thing that can ever happen to us. And so we want to ask you this question. You don't have to answer out loud if you don't want to, but you can answer in your head. The question is this. If our King Yahusha were to speak to you now and say to you now, are you willing to give up your life for me today? What would our answer be? Truth is, brethren, if we are able to give up our life, 
if we are willing to die for the sake of our King Yahusha, that person is indeed blessed because he will be remembered by our King Yahusha. But perhaps we don't have the opportunity to die for our King Yahusha, like the apostles who died for him. However, the question is, are we willing then to sacrifice for the sake of our King Yahusha? We should, because every sacrifice we make for the sake of Yahusha, our King, that is storing up riches in the kingdom of heaven. Now, who are examples of those who were able to make great sacrifices for the sake of our King Yahusha? Let's read the book of 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. And this small and temporary trouble we suffer will bring us a tremendous and eternal glory, much greater than the trouble. For we fix our attention not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen. What can be seen lasts only for a time, but what cannot be seen lasts forever. How else or who are examples of those who were willing and were able to make sacrifices for the sake of our King Yahusha? The apostles and the early Christians. Do you still remember the Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul said that he is experiencing trouble and suffering, but he said they were temporary and only small compared to the glory that is ahead of him. How did Apostle Paul start out in his life? Because before he became an apostle, what was he? Who was he? We know he was a devout Jew, right? He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was also a Roman citizen. And so he was a lawyer as well. And so he had everything going for him. He had riches. He had um, an education. He had notoriety. He had influence. So everything was going well for him. In fact, he even persecuted the Christians and became popular for doing so. And all of a sudden, he got the calling. What was the calling? Our King Yahusha called him to become a proclaimer of his message. He called him to become an apostle. And Apostle Paul said, yes. What happened after he became an apostle, after he gave his life to our King Yahusha? Do you know what happened to him? Did he become rich all of a sudden? As a matter of fact, he lost everything. <laughs> he lost his positions. He lost his friends. And instead of being persecutor, he became the persecuted. Do you know how much persecution he suffered? Five times he received the 39 lashes of the Jews. Three times he was beaten by rods. Several times he was left shipwrecked. One time even overnight for 24 hours. He was stoned almost to death. All because he chose to follow our King Yahushua. And so someone looking from the outside in, examining the life of the Apostle Paul, they will say, wow, what a loss. What a waste. He had, he had it so good before. Now look at him now. He's being cursed. But in actuality, from the perspective of heaven, when the angels looked upon the Apostle Paul, do you know what they're saying? This man, Apostle Paul, is rich in heaven. Look at his stripes. Look at his sacrifices. 
He must be rich in the kingdom of heaven. And so what does Apostle Paul say? Why do we consider our sufferings for the sake of our King Yahusha tremendous riches? Because Apostle Paul says the trouble that we endure, it brings for us a tremendous and eternal glory. Question, this eternal glory that cannot yet be seen. How does that compare to the riches of this world? It doesn't even compare. Because the glory that awaits us when our King Yahusha appears, that will last forever. And when, when will this take place? Let's read the book of First Peter, chapter 1, 3 down to 5. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Yahusha Christ. Because of his great mercy, he gave us new life. By raising Yahusha Christ from death. This fills us with a living hope. And so we look forward to possessing the rich blessings that God keeps for his people. He keeps them for you in heaven. Where they cannot decay or spoil or fade away. They are for you who through faith are kept safe by God's power for the salvation. Which is ready to be revealed at the end of time. So when is the giving of that eternal glory that is provided for those who are able to endure for the sake of our King Yahusha Christ. Bible says at the end of time. This is why before we can say, before we can make the assessment, who are those who are truly rich? We have to wait until the end of time, right? Because that's the only time we can see those who are truly rich because there are those who were rich here on earth but when the end comes and everything is engulfed by fire well who are the truly rich this is why the bible says we need to prepare not just for this life most of all we need to prepare for the life that is to come and so who will be truly blessed on that day when the end finally comes those who have the living hope who are the ones who have the living hope those who belong to our King, Yahusha Christ. Those who were baptized into his body and do the work of Yahusha HaMashiach. Brethren, we have the potential to be very rich in the kingdom of heaven because we have that living hope. Let's not waste the opportunity because we know the end is almost here. The finish line is within reach. Now is not the time to give up. Instead, now is the time to be even more zealous when it comes to our Christian service, when it comes to the sacrifices we make for the sake of the work of our King Yahushua, because we know he is coming back soon. But what must we face? What must we endure in preparation for his second advent? Let's read the book of 1 Peter 1, 6 to 7. Be glad about this. Even though it may now be necessary for you to be sad for a while because of the many kinds of trials you suffer. Their purpose is to prove that your faith is genuine. Even gold, which can be destroyed, is tested by fire. And so your faith, which is much more precious than gold, must also be tested so that it may endure. And you will receive praise and glory and honor on the day when Yahushua Christ is revealed, what must we be willing to endure and to overcome? So that when our King Yahushua finally returns, we will be blessed 
with the fulfillment of our living hope. The Bible says we must be willing to overcome many kinds of trials that we suffer. We should not be surprised if we have to go through sufferings. Why? Because there's something that our King Yahusha wants from each one of us. He wants us to be rich in the kingdom of heaven. But for us to be rich in the kingdom of heaven, the way to go there is by means of suffering for his name. Because when we suffer, we share in the suffering of Yahusha. And when we share in the suffering of Yahusha, we share in the glory of our King Yahusha. This is why the Apostle Peter says there at the end of the passage, it says, then you will receive praise and glory and honor on the day when Yahusha Christ is revealed. Those are the true riches that awaits us in the kingdom of heaven. But we must be willing to endure sufferings and testings in our faith. What is the purpose of this testing of our faith? The Bible says our faith is much more precious than gold. If gold here on earth must pass through the fire so that it can be refined, how much more our faith? Brethren, let Yahuwah God refine our faith. Let Yahusha HaMashiach strengthen our faith by means of the suffering that we go through. And while we go through this, what can inspire us? What can help us to endure? Because it's not easy to endure. It's not easy to pass through the fire. If it was easy, then there would be no need for this passage in scripture. But it's not easy. It's a difficult thing to go through. And if we will be honest with ourselves, there are times, isn't it? When we feel like giving up. When we begin to have doubts. There are times when we want to shout surrender. And so what do we need to remember? What can inspire us to keep going when we feel like giving up? Let's read the final passages of our study in the book of 1 Peter 1, 8 down to 9. You love him, although you have not seen him, and you believe in him, although you do not now see him. So you rejoice with a great and glorious joy which words cannot express, because you are receiving the salvation of your souls which is the purpose of your faith in him. What will help us to endure the sufferings, the trials that we have to go through in this life? Apostle Peter says, it is our love for him. You know, when the apostles and all the early followers of Yahushua were persecuted by the Jews and the Romans, many of them endured great persecution being thrown into the arena to be devoured or killed by beasts to be lit up with fire for the enjoyment of the people who hated followers of Yahushua but you know what the apostles and the early followers of our king they gladly they gladly endured all of that and when you speak to them why they were able to do that. You know what their answer was? Because they loved our King Yahushua. They loved Yahushua, who they saw with their own eyes, especially the Apostle Peter. The Apostle Peter loved him very much. Apostle Peter walked with him, and talked with him. 
They were great friends. It is not surprising that Apostle Peter loved our King Yahusha that much. But Apostle Peter is speaking to us now. And he's telling us that we who have never seen our King Yahusha. We don't know how he looks like. We don't know his physical nature. But he says, even though you have not seen him, you love him. And there's a reason why Apostle Peter said that. Because he knows our King Yahushua will send his spirit. And so even though we were not able to see his physical nature, we are able to see and feel his spirit in our hearts. And when we think and remember what our King Yahushua went through for our sake, we are all the more inspired to love him. Brethren, we cannot endure. We cannot sacrifice for the sake of our King Yahushua if we do not love him. Do we love him, brothers and sisters? Are we willing to give up our life for him? That is the key. Because unless and until we are able to love him so much, we are willing to give up our life. We will not be able to make it. That is the true test of our faith. And so, brethren, let us continue to deepen our love for our Mashiach. Let us think about what he went through, how much he loved us first, how much he had to endure for our sake. That inspiration will all the more move us to love him with all of our being. And when we love him, and when because of this love, we're able to endure until the end, what shall we see when he finally appears? The Bible says we will rejoice because we will see him as he truly is. We will rejoice because of the glorious joy that cannot be expressed with words. Brethren, that is what awaits us. All the joys here on earth, all the worldly riches that com compared to what is to come when our King Yahushua returns. It is worth the sacrifice because that is the eternal glory, the true riches in heaven reserved for each and every one of us as followers of our King Yahushua. And so, brethren, let us continue to do our best to demonstrate our love for our creator, Yahuwah Abba, and his beloved son, Yahusha Hamashiach. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, Almighty God, Yahuwah, thank you so much for giving us the living hope. The world is dying. Every moment, every day, it continues to collapse and deteriorate. But our hope continues to grow stronger because it is a living hope. A living hope brought about by the sacrifice and death of your beloved son. You gladly did this because you loved us. And because of your holiness and love mingled together, we now have redemption. And we now can approach you. And knock on your door. Truth is, you open your door to us. It is a mystery, loving Abba. How great your love is. Something that we cannot truly understand. But we can truly enjoy at this moment. Father, you love us. But we also love you. You will read our hearts now. You can see how much we love you. Loving Father, we are willing to give up everything to make you 
glad that you chose us, Father in heaven. We know in this life we have to go through sacrifices of different kinds. We're willing to do that. You have done so much already. Sometimes we feel so ashamed because we want to repay you. But we know there's nothing we can really give you. But to honor you with our sacrifices, Father, we will devote our life to you. Even if it means giving up time, giving up certain strengths, even if it means enduring suffering, we will do that because we love you so much. We cannot wait for that day when we will see you face to face, that you will embrace us. Father, please allow this to be true, not just for us, but also the people we love. And so teach us every day not to waste any opportunity to share our faith, to build bridges and make friends with the people we love so that we can gain that opportunity to teach them about you, that you are Yahuwah, filled with compassion and unfailing love for each and every one of us. Yahushua, our King. Yes, it's true. We do not know how you look like. We have never seen you before. How we wish sometimes to have lived our life during the day when you were here on earth. We would have gazed our eyes upon you see your wonderful miracles, how we would go to your feet and kiss it, how we would go to you and embrace you. But we know we are fortunate because even though we have not seen you, it is as though we have known you always because when you send your spirit into our hearts, there is this refreshing zeal within that burns that moves us with passion to go to you and worship you, to give up our life for you. If you are to tell us to give up our life for you, we welcome the opportunity. We want to be everything for you. You gave up your life for us. We will sacrifice for you. We will devote our life for you. All the days in our life. When you finally appear. When we will look up to heaven. May you look to us. May you say to us. That you remember us. Do not forget us. Loving Mashiach be with us even now. As we gather in your name. Strengthen us. That we can be with you forevermore. Father thank you. Thank you so much. Remember now our children. Our parents. Our relatives. Help us all loving Abba. To be fully prepared for that day when you will send your son. Thank you for your wonderful presence. Thank you for your gift of the spirit. We ask and beg everything. Loving Abba. In the name of our Lord and Savior. Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen.